On today's episode of the Drop Everything Now podcast, we get into all things Midnight's. We sent out a survey to the Swifties and you guys voted on your favorite, your least favorite, and your most underrated tracks on Midnight's and we break down the results. We also read some comments that you guys left as well as getting into Taylor Swift as a director and some tour updates as well. So if you guys are ready, it's time to drop everything now. Everybody, what's going on? I'm Steph. I'm also Steph. And uh, welcome to the Drop Everything Now podcast. Woohoo! Merry um, Christmas and happy, happy New, New Year. Year and happy holidays. Woohoo! To, to all those who don't celebrate. Exactly. Um, what episode is this? <laughs> I don't know. Twenty-two? Um, is I don't know about 20, you, but I'm feeling twenty-two. Could be. Something like that. I'm feeling 22. I think it might be. I don't know. I'm going to look. 21. Oh, 21. 21. Okay. We are legal to drink. Cheers. Frick yeah. Cheers. So like the other two, past two episodes, we are still talking about Midnight's today, but this time we got everybody to... Um, complete a survey where everyone's ranking their top songs, least favorite songs, most underrated songs, and leaving comments. So this is not our analysis, but everybody's take, basically, which I think there's been Mm -hmm. enough time. It's been over two months since Midnight's has come out, so I think we've listened to it enough to know, like, after the initial, everything is amazing, um, where songs actually fall. Or actually settling. Yeah, I agree. Even since we've last spoke about Oh, how our stuff has changed. My stuff has changed. My thoughts on it have changed even more. Really? Yeah. Like you're for me, you're on your own kid keeps jumping. Yeah. Um, and their other songs keep dropping. Not okay. Not all of them. Like some stay the same. I think like Maroon is always my top. Yeah. How about you? Are you do you think you're pretty settled into your belief? Um, I haven't listened to it as much like for a while. So I would say I'm still like my groups are still similar but i think i made the comment when i took the survey like i essentially have like 15 16 top songs right. and then my just second tier which right i still like i still can't find one where i'm like yeah i want to skip this oh, like i don't I, fully skip yeah. anything so you're a yeah. little nicer yeah no i definitely have skips but i'm like always that way listen you right. always have the skip idea more than i do right. you know um definitely um yeah and you know what i've been doing so i do have my like top five favorite albums all together so lover reputation now midnight's is on there so maybe it's six um red taylor's version and evermore i think oh and speak now so all those albums on a playlist but you know how i'm like a shuffler and you like to listen album by album i was like you know Mm -hmm. what i kind of want to listen to all of folklore all the way through so i've been listening to all the albums in the exact order and it's really a great experience mm-hmm. but i still do the shuffle it just depends what i'm in the mood for but i've been going through each album like i have to listen to every single thing i'm not allowed to skip and it's fun it's great it, it made me like folklore more i was like wow great album 
Not that it's I didn't ever like folklore, but I was like, this is great. And um, I also am making Ryan because I watch, you know, all Marvel, all Star Wars for him. So we're going through each album, starting with Taylor Swift, track by track. And I'm having him listen to some of them for the first time. And I'm writing out his take on all of the songs. Love it. And so, you know how if you guys have listened before to our ranking system, like our tiering system, we have one through five, like tier one is God tier and tier five is like skip. We right. kind of have that too, but it's. It goes from bad, decent, okay, good, bop, which is five. So it would be, okay. right? So just so far, we have he the ones that he thinks are great, which is bop, um, but I wrote great because he said great. Picture to Burn, he loves. Um, and our song are her two greats on the album. And then his okay. goods are Mary's song, Should Have Said No, Tim McGraw, are the ones he said good. And the rest, he's either decent or okay with okay but that's you know good. i think he he's a fan of the the original album that's good so it's it's a fun way and i'm going through the albums too so you know i like it i like that you're going through the albums because that's kind of how i live right no it is like you're right you've definitely opened me up to an experience because then i don't get sick of the songs so um what have you been up to um honestly nothing much um christmas is pretty low-key and then Oh, I'm a mother of two. You got a new kitty. I got a new kitty. I'm I'm not getting more. This is enough because this introduction process is a real pain in the butt. From, but, from um, Louie Cat 1 to Freddy Cat 2? Yeah, like they're not supposed to... I don't know. They're supposed to be kept apart. We're doing that so far. But then today we they kind of interacted for the first time and Freddie got overstimulated and really excited and tried to play with Louie and Louie got really afraid and, Aww. you know, gave a little yeah. hiss. So we had to separate them. We'll see. We'll see. It's only been three days. So yeah, I feel I like literally just saw a TikTok today where they got a new cat and they put it to the song The Great War and it was the cats hating each other. And then by the end, it was their hand. holding hands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> I'm literally watching a ton of cat introduction videos and that was the first one that got me like I because they hashtagged that. Right. And then I was like, oh my God, wait, I need to go to this hashtag. And then I was just watching all these videos of like how people were doing it. So we'll see how it goes. But um, you should do that TikTok. You should start recording them hissing or growling. 100%. Wait, what do they do? Hiss at each other? What's mean? Hissing? Yeah, God. yeah. Cats don't growl. Okay. <laughs> they can growl, but it's mainly hissing is the first instinct. Um, so I will, but it's always like, because I thought of that, because I'm trying to start like documenting everything just so yeah. like people can like follow along and be like, okay, like now when I do this, this is what I'm going to try. Because um, Louie has a TikTok. And it's hard though for me to actually document things happening in the moment because it's like so chaotic that I'm just like, right, right. No, I know what place. you mean. So I'm going to try though. I'm going to try to be better about why. Yeah. That would be funny. Cause that it's a great, like, it was so cute. I, was that was so a good. really good idea. Yeah. You got to do it. Just try your best stuff. Try your freaking best. Mm -hmm. I will. I will. Um, so with that, should we like jump into what we want to talk about today? Yes. Let's do it. So, before we get into the survey results, there have been two, I think, pretty big Swifty news current events. Um, the first one mm -hmm. is just more Swifties are getting tickets. They sent out, I think, two tickets to the verified yes. fans that didn't get tickets. And it seems like most people 
are ha are happy like i'm not seeing people like there's still a billion people that didn't get tickets like i'm sure there's still some I, but now it's more like everybody's calm everyone's happy more people are happy and thank god i was gonna say it does seem like there must have been something that was worked out because from the tickets i'm seeing people get it seems like a lot of like not vip so they're getting the good deals which yeah. i kind of wish but obviously that. we we got tickets so not gonna right. be upset about it but um like they're getting like floor seats like yep. very good seats which makes me feel like was this like seats that were originally being held by like Ticketmaster for either like promotional things or companies or some sort of thing that like there was an agreement that you got to let them go and you do have to do it this way through like the fair verified fan thing because it felt like a lot of the tickets that people got or it's just like whatever was left that was gonna be for the general sale they they just use those and they're not gonna do a general sale sale at all maybe I don't know yeah, I don't think they're doing a general sale. I, yeah. I think that's donezo. But I think that this was just like a combination of whatever the percentage, 6% of tickets that were left on top of maybe taking like like a, what right. you said. And since originally it was like, oh, like everybody would get six tickets. They were like, they probably did the analysis of like, okay, we could give everybody that we sent those codes two tickets. Two tickets, yeah. If we have yeah. this, like whatever. Um, But yeah, it's people got like the seats that we got for half the price of what mm -hmm. we got. But um it's fine i mean we definitely were like rushed into spending that much money yeah but at the same time like we I also i don't think it. there was many like by the time we were picking tickets it was only vip left in the area we wanted and when right. i think about it too there's three of us going and we would have only gotten two tickets so it's okay right no it, you're right you're absolutely right and I, not that i would pay this much money for it but I am excited to get Some like, of the, the little stuff. mini yeah. perks. That <laughs> yeah, we'll get. exactly. I wouldn't pay four hundred dollars for it, but right. it's okay. No, but that was my main Christmas present from everyone. Was um, I was like, just give me some money. Like, I you can get me some small presents, but please just Venmo me money back. Yeah, for... and this is this is basically my bachelorette party. So, right, that, right. So I was like, that's how I'm justifying the amount. Yeah, right. <laughs> I spent. Um, but I'm glad but everybody no, I'm got happy. tickets. Like, I think I, it seems like everybody's excited now and like and we can start talking about like what we want to mm -hmm. hear um because the tour starts march 17th yeah so i think we should do our maybe what either the next episode or the episode after like our january or february episode should yeah. be everybody choose their ultimate dream like three songs from each album but maybe four from the albums she hasn't toured yet or something yeah like what three songs would you want to hear even though that's still probably too many just like for fun and we can maybe we can maybe split it up we'll see it what do you mean? We can always do in like January. We can do the first five. Oh right, and then February we can do that. Right, because I was gonna say we would be talking about at least thirty songs right. <laughs> if we did all of them. So maybe right. that's how we do it. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. I'm down. Cool. Cool. Okay. Wow. Um. Plans yeah. Out. But Love no. It. Congrats to everybody. Now let's get excited. Woohoo! Now the second giant news that dropped. Um. Mm -hmm. Is that Taylor Swift is going to write and direct a movie? So crazy. Like, I mean, not crazy because like it seemed like she was diving into this realm with all too well ten minutes, but it yeah. just feels wild that she's going like all in. You know, like I wasn't expecting yeah. this much from like her all too well ten minutes like movie. Like I was expecting her to start dabbling more into 
right cinema but like not at this level so it's like like i thought she was like gonna do a whole visual album for midnights right um or a whole visual album for speak now like taylor's version or something where she's gonna do a music video for every single thing and it's gonna you know i guess that for like red taylor's version right you've been Um, guessing it every time yeah (laughs) one of these days one of these days i really want it and i really want i think it would be really cool but um so yeah so it kind of makes some sense oh my god i'm like looking up at one of my post not posters signs that's hard and it's hanging on by a thread so it might come crashing down on my face what an adventure i was gonna say the new cat um freddie tried to bite my computer when i first pulled it out so who knows what's gonna happen yeah sleeping right now. anything could happen this episode guys hopefully we're good (laughs) things can get crazy but (laughs) but anyway so she's uh she's directing and writing um i she did like a 45 minute interview with martin mcdonough i think which who is a director and i didn't get through the whole thing i tried to speed listen to it and i've also seen like short clips from it or whatever from not clips but like yeah from it yep um but she the part that i did listen to which what i want to know is what kind of film is she writing? right is she going to write like and what are your thoughts like what are your what's your like guess like do you think she's gonna write something kind of like about her life like taking an album but turning it into like a movie like a relationship whatever or do you uh, do you think it's gonna be something completely and totally different like she's gonna write the last great american dynasty like how it's about somebody else's life you know or like folklore evermore was completely about other people's lives if i was to guess i would say it's gonna be something maybe rooted in her life and maybe it's not even like relationship wise maybe it's something about because obviously her last few albums have touched on the fame struggle more than she ever has before so maybe she's gonna write about a pop star or something like that right but and the only reason i say that is i think a movie is really freaking hard to write so i feel like she might have an easier time using her experience than like trying to make up something else now granted like like you said the last great american dynasty she has a lot of material she can use to build a movie off of something like that like you know she's got the books and all that or like tolerate it she wrote about the book rebecca or right um no body, no crime is like a freaking right. movie in itself. So like she definitely has the potential to be able to do it, but I, or like some, and some extra material to be able to do it. But I feel like if, like, I can't imagine just deciding I'm going to write a movie and not be, and not using, unless she's had this like great story in her head for a long time that she wants to get out. Right. But for some reason, I feel like it might, it might be semi-related to her life. But she's very, yeah. I mean, she's got a good imagination and she's creative. So I don't know. Yeah, she is. But you're right. You I think? would be so, I would be so, so, so intrigued if she wrote through like the, the struggle of an artist and it's like not her. Maybe it's like some parts are true. It's kind of based on a true story. But I mean, I would be super intrigued to see that. But also, yeah, like a nobody, no crime type of deal. That would be incredibly anything she does i'd be interested the only right. information she gave us 
when he asked her, he was like, well, what do you think? Would you do what you normally do, like breakup or like what All Too Well the short film was? Or would you venture into like sci-fi? And she goes, no, I don't think I would do sci-fi. But I also don't think I'm going to do heartbreak because that's like too heavy, I guess she was saying. Like it was a lot for her to open that back up. Um, So... Mm-hmm. And then she turned the question around on him. So all we know is that it's Love not it. sci-fi, not heartbreak. But then they did talk a lot about friendship breakups and friendship. And she was like asking him about that, which because I guess one of his movies is about like a friendship breakup, like between two males. And she's like, oh, that's so important. We all go through that. So I'm like, OK, maybe it could be friendship. But I mean, I like the idea of what you're saying more. Well, and it could be really who knows. And it could be that like, like when you think about her life and all that that's happened, like it could be a movie following a pop star that like that whole girl squad era she was in. Right. And like, we don't see much of the, or Carly Kloss, like their friendship ending. Like there could be elements of that in the movie. That's about a different or more general topic or something. I don't know. Right. But I mean, I right. Mean, every writer pulls from their own life, even if you're writing Harry Potter, like, right. like all that stuff is you're you're pulling it from something that, you know, whether right. it's another movie, another story or your own life. So, yeah, there's definitely going to be. Right. It's just it. like how most of the time when someone's giving you advice on like anything, like a relationship or something like most of it is coming from experience that they've had. So I feel like that's probably even if the movie is totally not about anything related to her life. There's probably right. going to be elements of things that have happened to her in it. Right, right. Yeah. I agree. Um, and she said two other things that she said. One, like he asked her, like, how'd you get into this? Um, like, why'd you want to do this? And she's like, you know, like, for me, writing songs is telling stories. Like, totally. Like, it was just a creative writing prompt. I've always just loved telling stories, which is why she started out in country, because country uh, is storytelling. storytelling. Yeah. And so she's like, it just kind of like, eventually evolved into this but she never thought that she would be doing this this has not been a goal of hers it just she loves telling stories in every different way possible and it does make sense it because she's switched genres it's not like she's stuck in one box and she wants to be able to tell stories and make people feel things in every way that she can yeah she's like and this was just i realized i love doing it and And that's um yeah for sure and that's like one of those things well why i was saying it could literally be about anything because i feel like she's one of one of if not the best at telling a full story within a song like she's just Mm -hmm. so good at that with like a couple that we've already mentioned and i feel like probably since she has ventured to that more recently with her albums like they especially folklore and evermore like they've definitely been more storytelling like not her personal experience but like kind of pulling from that to give you stories Mm -hmm. about some things other things I feel like that's probably when she decided or thought of, oh, I want to do this. Like, I want to do a movie. Because, like, maybe there's right. a song out there or a, a, a song written down that she's worked on that she can't fit the entire story she wanted to tell into four right. minutes. So, like, maybe right. it's just, you know what? I can't do this story justice by putting it into four and a half minutes on an album at, at the most four and a half or five minutes, whatever. So like maybe there is something that's been like needling in her brain. Like I have this story I want to tell, but I haven't figured out how to put it in song. So lately it's just been, all right, you know what? Movie. Right. I'm just going to put it into a movie. That's such a good point. 
and she probably just sees it all after working yeah. and all too well right. 10 minutes yeah yeah um i'm so excited for it though like i'm going Me to the too. first release i'm going to the dinner and the movie one with the comfy seats hell yeah and um the one that's we i just went to it sinopolis have you ever yep. been in oh yeah me and Co that's our go-to yeah oh oh you have one where you live too mm -hmm. but the one i'm thinking is closer to where you grew up like um, oh Hack uh, mansfield oh Hack okay Town. yeah no we have they redid it it's so here. nice yeah they're very nice we used to because it was walking distance from our old apartment so we used to go out to dinner get a bottle of wine cork it eat a gummy on the way it's fine. Eat a gummy on the way to the movie yeah. and just be like drunk and high watching movies. It was yeah, awesome. And then we walk home. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I will also definitely be, I know, I think we said this going to the theater to see it. I feel like it's not going to be for like two or yeah. three years though. Right. Did she say a year? It has to be a while. Yeah. yeah. Unless but, like it's already written and she's just not saying anything, but I don't know. It could be. I mean, I feel like she it's possible that would be crazy if she had absolutely nothing no idea no nothing like she had to get approved you know what i mean i feel like she had to have a screenplay but, yeah that's true because like how, how can you just say like i'm gonna direct a movie and it'll nothing. still be at least I, at the earliest i'd say it's probably two years because she's like literally touring thousands and thousands of shows next year so i feel like really great point stuff <laughs> forgot about that not yeah and i just it just kind of hit me because i was like i feel like at the earliest it'd be a year and then i was like wait but she's literally in every like town every weekend next year so maybe not oh my god that's so funny um okay so should we dive into the meat of the episode the survey results yes i'm very excited about this yes so, i'm gonna open i have it written down here but i also i'm gonna just open it up in case there were any last minute changes and for the comments also um so okay good nobody else has responded since last time i checked so everything should be the same yeah um okay that's good so should we start with the favorites first and then do least favorites and then underrated yeah i like that okay okay so i will say i mentioned to this to you before we start recording but just for everybody else um number one two and three are like leading and then the fourth place spot is tied actually. So we have five songs for the top four. Um, but everybody, if you didn't take the survey, you are allowed to choose up to four of your favorite songs on Midnight's, including Hits Different, including the 3 a.m. tracks. So 21 songs. Um, so yeah. do you wanna start with what you think got fourth or do, you, do we wanna start all the way with number one first place? Should we start from four? So four and five, mm -hmm. which are tied exactly with 29.7% of votes. I'm going to go with the great war in lavender haze. No, 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 no. Stick to the stuff, you know, um, I'll give you one more guess. And then are no. either of them both wrong, but are they anywhere no. in the top? Nope. And I was shocked about that. The great war is was, not in the top five the great war i was shocked about yep jesus uh steph all of my thoughts are gone wow. because i could have <laughs> okay I'm um i mean would have could have should have no all right i'm gonna tell you 
because one of them makes sense and i'm like oh i would have imagined just based on social media and the other i'm surprised i thought this was going to be in people's bottoms based on what i've seen okay so the one that so they're again tied for fourth place they got the exact same amount of votes uh karma got fourth place Mm -hmm. I, okay, I was just Which thinking Karma. Yeah, makes sense because I think a lot of people love that song. I, I and I get it's not it. their number one, but it's definitely in people's like top fives. Yeah, so that makes sense. And the other one, I'm so shocked that tied with Karma is Midnight Rain. Oh, I can't. I mean, so I've that. seen, I've seen people really riding for Midnight Rain. Like I've seen people that when it hits them, it's like this is the greatest song but i hadn't seen as much to think that it would make it to the top five i guess or into people's top songs yeah i thought it was kind of like not a forgotten about song but it's not something that people love 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 but i've seen people either like it or like kind of dislike it um it was a song that i loved immediately and has dropped and dropped and dropped and dropped for me not that i don't like the song it's just that all the other songs have risen above it so I'm just, I don't know. I'm so surprised that it made the top five. Like yeah. Great War didn't make it in the top five. Like, what is that about? Or the top four, top five, however you want to look at it. Yeah, like I I thought I had seen in general more like I love the Great War than I did for like I love Midnight Rain. But yeah. And like, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely middle of the road in terms of the songs for me. Midnight Rain. But it was up there. Yeah, but it was up there originally. So yeah, I think, like you said, it's just sort of like other things have grown and surpassed it. Right. But um, I, I'm, you know, I'm absolutely floored by this, to be quite honest. I just really thought it was wild. everybody's like middle song because what about it? Not that it's not relatable, but people say I think this is where people really love it. Um, It reminds them a lot of, oh, my God, that's the way I loved you. Wow. I had a. I can see it like and I and I like it. too. I think a lot of people also like the voice distortion in it. Yeah, like I, I think the too. shock of the initial like sound of it makes people like it, too. But but it's like you had you could only choose four songs and you chose. Yeah. Midnight Rain over some people probably like I well my fa- the What were your top four? But that, that's how I'm going to word it. But what were your top four? I think oh this one was this was tough. I think I picked Maroon. Mm-hmm. Um Sweet Nothing. I think I put Mastermind in there. And then I can't right. remember if I picked the Great War or Karma. Okay. Yeah, so mine not I think we have half of the same, half not. I picked Woulda Coulda Shoulda, The Great War, Maroon, and Paris. And I was like, Yeah. Paris, Lavender Haze, Mastermind. I was like, uh. I, I know. Like Paris just gets me so much more excited that I had to. And that's kind of why I went with Mastermind because Paris was in my head too, um, and Lavender Haze. Right. But I think I went with Mastermind because I just can't get over like the bridge in it. I know, like and it kills me. So I swear, I love that part. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> so like, I think it was just one of those things where I was like, I can't not pick it. Yeah. But um, so I and I think I'm just so shocked that the Great War didn't get up there, but and Midnight Rain did. Like yeah. you're telling me you chose Midnight Rain over what it could have should have Great War, Maroon, Paris, Lavender Haze. Like, I don't know. I just don't get it. But Wait, I don't get you. People. Maroon isn't in the top five. No, no, no. I'm saying like this person. Oh, 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 oh OK. I see. Hypothetically, 
yeah, chose yeah. midnight or these people, not this person. Like obviously, but no, I'm not. I'm. That's why I asked what was in your tops because I'm yeah, like, how yeah, how is it above? Like I feel like mine are like objectively great songs, right? Anyway, right? Wow. And and what it could have not what it could have showed a midnight rain. I feel like again. I don't know. To me, it, it's good, but there's nothing like phenomenal about it. It's yeah. no, I like it. I actually, I, I don't want to like poop on it. I'm just pooping on it in the top five, I guess, because I do like the yeah, song, but no, I, I, I just think there's not a phenomenal bridge. The lyrics are good, but they're not amazing. I don't know. I just don't agree with it, but karma, I do agree with. Yeah, there's not like a total standout with it. Right. Karma is so fun, though, so I'm happy right. that it did. No, I agree. Top. Cause it's one of the fun ones that makes Karma the top. Is so fucking fun. I'm I am glad it made the top two. Um, Karma I is a it... cat purring in my lap because wow. it loves me. And that's literally what's happened, everybody. Do you see this? You don't because you're listening. But if we had video, you would see that Karma is in Steph's Let me see if you can get lap. on the mic. Oh, he's so cute. Oh. I wonder if you could hear the purr. Maybe. I mean, I couldn't. Okay. But maybe. Anyway. Not about you, Freddie. It's not about you. Karma is up. Oh, and my favorite part of karma is step by step from town to town. There's like town. there's like very like little tiny like parts in each song mm -hmm. that just like make me like my eye twitch in a good way. I yeah, there's something about karma that just gets like I get all the serotonin from that song. It's so yeah. good. I just die. Yeah. I love that Great. song so much. That one has grown on me. Um from the beginning because it's just fun and I get excited. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. All right. So what do you think got third place with 40.7% of votes? So notice the jump, everybody. Fourth place was tied for 29.7. And then all the rest, third, second, and first are all in the 40 percentile. So 40.7 people voted for third place. I have three songs that I feel like are going to be in the top. Okay. But I don't know which one to put where. Um, so I'm going to just say them out loud. Don't make any reaction to them. Okay. And I'll I won't pick react. my third, okay? I, I want to see if I'm right. I'll put a poker face on. Um, so my my three that I think will be up there are You're On Your Own, Kid, Maroon, and Would Have, Could Have, Should Have. Now, who's three? I'm going to go Maroon. Number three is not Maroon. But that's all I'm going to react to. Is it any to. of the other two I mentioned? It is one of the ones you mentioned. It is? Yeah. <laughs> um, fuck. Would could have, should have. No. Oh my god. It's you're on your oh, own, kid. <laughs> See, I was since I hadn't liked it originally, and it was growing right. on me. I was thinking, like, because I was getting, like, you know, we were getting questions about that and why and why and why. So I think in my mind, it bumped it higher than it actually is in people's lists right, because right. I was getting so much flack for not having it in mine. Um, so that makes sense. Three. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, and I agree with it. The more I listen to it, the more it keeps climbing. And Me too. my personal, personal, it's not my top four or five, but I do, I do get it. Like I would say it's up there now for my track fives. If we ranked all the track fives, totally. it's a hundred percent one of like my maybe one of my favorite ones but i don't know all the songs off the top of my head right now so um yeah. but it is really good and i never ever ever skip it now when it comes on i just go it's just calming 
heartbreaking happy to hear like i was gonna the say melody i don't know i love it it's it's a great song it and i'm i'm the same way i i get excited when it comes on but you're right it's like sad and then it gets like the triumphant sort of ending or like the happy ending but it's just it doesn't get me as hype as other songs when i right like, when karma starts or when, even like sweet nothing because it's just for some reason just like stuck when it comes like it doesn't have the same like visceral reaction as some of the other ones when I hear them start. Right. Which is why it wasn't in my top, but I do. It's definitely in the top half of the album now. Like if I'm breaking it up. No, like uh, I have a similar experience, but slightly different in that. Like it's actually one of the songs I get most excited to listen to. Cause just for some reason, it's just, I I get excited for it. And, but it's like, like what it could have shoulda is in my top but sometimes i'm like uh, can I, it's really heartbreaking can i listen to this yeah even though i would put what it could have shoulda i like it better than you're on your own kid i might listen to you're on your own kid more because i yeah. can i don't know if that makes sense like no, even though you're on your own kid is heartbreaking it's still easier to digest i guess because what yep. it could have shoulda is just so heart-wrenching yeah no Not that, that you're sense. on and you're on your own kid is too but and there's a happy ending mm-hmm like woulda coulda shoulda leaves me with like a pit in my stomach right no i agree but um no it's beautiful and i love the i don't know i i really just like everything about it and i'm excited that everybody else does too that we're kind of late to the trend but yeah i'm i'm happy that everybody else loves it so much because she'll definitely play it on tour and it obviously means totally. lots to taylor for choosing it as a track five track five yeah and i was gonna say if people um if you're unsatisfied with the way we're talking about you're on you're on your own kid or like maybe the lack of discussion we might have with it in this episode it's because we went super in depth in the last episode on it right so go listen to our last episode find Absolutely. it in our last episode that's when we really talked about the lyrics and all that kind of stuff so just fyi FYI, absolutely. Um, okay, so number two got forty three point five percent of the votes. So jump from forty percent to forty three percent, basically. Would have, could have, should have. No. Maroon. Yep. Second place is maroon. This was my one. This is my yeah, definitely like my favorite song on the album. I just. <laughs> I cannot get enough of this song when it comes on. I know, me too. <laughs> and I can't really even relate to it. I just no, love it. Not in the slightest. Like, I have no... Also, I was going to say, because I remember when we first talked about the album, and we were arguing about what it was about. Right, right, right. I definitely agree with you that it's not about what I originally thought it was about. Right. But I do, the more I listen to it, the more I do begin the association with Because of Maroon and Red, right, Jake. Yep, I like think it has so too. it has come to me. And also, one of the things I remember you initially saying that you didn't like about it was uh or or you you didn't what, what was the what's the line? Like love of my life or you were the one or Oh, how I said that in a lot of the songs, I'm like, isn't Joe sad? <laughs> like Yeah, but, and but I in I the lost, maroon is that lyrics, what you're thinking? Yes, 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 yes. But um the maroon lyrics, she says the one she, she like pauses but it's not like she's like I, like the one 
I was dancing with yeah, I like see what it's you're just saying. the whole line. You know what I mean? Like right. it's not her saying you were the one. It's just the pause. And I realized that after like the first episode we did on Midnight's, I was listening to it and I was like, oh my God, the next time we talk about Maroon, I have to make sure I call that out because That's I don't true. want Steph thinking she's saying it's the one. It's just the one she right. was dancing with. Right, right, right. In New York. Saying. That makes no that shoes. makes me feel better. Yes. I, I figured <laughs> it might. And if if you hadn't like put it like, you know, like followed the lyric i guess the whole way through like right. she does the pauses in the whole thing and like the, the, the line i guess like she just paused for dramatic effect or something but like right. the one i was dancing with in new york with no shoes is essentially right. the what she means line. right yeah so but she wants us to don't yeah. worry it's not about joe <laughs> like joe or, or not not about joe but she's not saying joe wasn't the one <laughs> right 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 joe's definitely the one but also i also didn't think of it like that but you're definitely right but i also thought of it like she's writing from the perspective of how she felt at the time that she lost totally. him before she met joe oh not totally. not how she feels now but i do think that there are some some songs such as would have could have should have where she actually mm -hmm. is writing from right now like this is yes how she i feels. i think she's she's totally agree i think there are certain songs that are clearly a look back and certain songs that are this is me writing about this experience right from my point of view today versus this is me writing about this experience as if I was still in it. Um, and I think with a lot of these songs, and you mentioned this too, that a lot of people are drawing similarities between yep. albums and, and things like that, which obviously is probably going to happen because she's re-recording and getting these ideas like from sounds from her old albums. But I think that's also why a lot of these songs are so easily like paired wow you feel like she's in that moment oh, right yeah. now even though you know it was 10 years ago but it's probably because when she was re-recording red it was like yo this sucked and, and she I'm sad like yep. you know like i feel like she some of these she really did go back into that moment because she re-recorded and remembered what it kind of felt like that she was able to like bring you back to it so clearly in her songs 10 years later about the experience you're right because she actually said that in this interview i don't know who it was with it was some i think he was british and i was like on mm. the couch not james corden but i think he was british and he asked her he's like oh you're re-recording your music is that kind of you know going through that like writing this album she goes oh absolutely like you're put back into that place and so there are so many comments that we got on um this survey people said like i love how each song references an era yeah, an obvious one, for example, is Maroon and Red, but right. almost every other song references an era. Um, yep. So which we could talk about more of them as maybe they come up and then the ones that we that don't come up in the in this these lists. Uh, yep. I'll read the comments. But um, yeah, I also think it's I think we when we guessed what Midnight's would be about, I we kind of guessed that I was like, oh, I wonder if she's going to be like writing from the perspective of from that day or if she's writing looking yeah. back and it's cool that it's kind of all of it but either way you're right it's she's diving back into that headspace because she's going back through not only the songs that she wrote but the songs that didn't even make it so she's completely diving in so yep. it makes it it makes sense why this was the album that came out of re-recording her albums it's right and i think meta. It, it's also it is meta but i think it's it's like, especially with what, a, like, I mean, what have, could have, should have is a clear example of like, you were probably re-recording Speak Now and realizing you were the same age as this person you wrote about when you were 19 and how fucked up it was. But with Maroon, it feels almost like she re-recorded Red and then was like, 
okay, like I remember how I felt in that place and I'm going to take this to the more mature level that I write from today or something like that, where it's like, it's just elevated songwriting about the same situation, but she's just so much more mature and has so much more experience with it that she's able to put together like a perfect song. And I just like, I know that people that see Taylor Swift at a glance, they don't know all of this stuff. They can't know, but it's like, but this is why we're such mm-hmm. big fans of her because of how intricate every mm-hmm. single thing she does is and how we can talk about it for a million years and say, well, Maroon relates to Red, but also Bejeweled is a callback to All Too Well, the 10 minute version and how she said that like, um, that he was a she was a jewel that shined Look, just for you. Jewel. So then clearly Bejeweled is probably after that breakup with Jake Gyllenhaal and this the part where she says, I called the, a band, they asked me if I had a man, I could still say, I don't know, or whatever that line is. That also, she said that on stage in an yeah. interview talking about All Too Well. So it's like, it's I've said this so many times, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast or just to other people who have asked me like, what is it about Taylor Swift? Like they're not being respectful. They're like, I just, why are people so crazy about her? And I'm like, yeah, it's like Marvel fans and all the Marvel fans that are like, this connects to this connects to that connects to this connects to this connects to that. And everything you watch is connected and you can mm-hmm. talk about it for hours and hours and hours. And same thing with, um, I mean, uh, like American Horror Story, every single season is different, but they all have little Easter eggs and they all connect. And it's so fun to get into and unravel. That's right. what Taylor Swift's music is. It's like, totally. It's, it's, which obviously preaching to the choir here, like everybody knows that, but it's just like, this is why she's so brilliant, you know? No, I, I mean, I totally agree. It's interesting that you mentioned Bejeweled, though. I know we're getting off topic, but when do we not? Um, because I know Bejeweled, like we immediately thought Jake Gyllenhaal, but then a lot of people were originally thinking Calvin Harris. Oh, really? Because it was like, you put me aside uh, or like, I'm not even in your top five or whatever. Like I could, I could see it being both, but like originally, obviously I thought it was Jake, but like people are equating the, I can still make the whole place shimmer. She has a line about dancing, which was like the big Met Gala thing where like she, yeah, you know, like kind of was, it was kind of like, wait, is she single? Like what is going on here? Cause isn't she That's supposed true. to be with Calvin Harris, even though they hadn't been like spotted together in so long. So then like the, I, you asked the band, I have a man. I don't remember. Like I, I, I have seen a lot of people also mentioning Calvin Harris could potentially be about bejeweled. But then to me, it seems like, it seems like in the concept. Yes. But like, there's a much more direct reference to Jake Gyllenhaal, but I don't know. Like it really had me thinking about it afterwards. I was like, wait, is it? I also think it probably is about Jake Gyllenhaal because of those obvious direct references. But I also think she's maybe just talking about in general after every heartbreak. Oh yeah. Um, So it could also, it could be a conglomerate. Is that the right word of like all of those relationships where she felt like shit, they're trying to dull my shine or whatever it was. The other reason I thought it was red era, Jake Gyllenhaal era, is because that's where she wrote nothing new and i feel like this is like a like if she went back through nothing mm, new, like i thought I it was gonna that. be nothing new it's like baby i'm still here i'm bejeweled like yeah i best believe i'm still bejeweled like i thought i thought wrong about myself because she felt right. like like you know so both about being in love and like somebody's kind of like knocking her down as well as like society she thought was going to 
make her this old cardigan, but she's brand new every time, basically. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I think it's about everything. I think it's about all of it, to be honest. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. Um, anyway. I mean, what else should we say about Maroon? Oh, <laughs> Maroon is definitely like my top song on the album. We talked about it, but like, again, Me I know too. I said this already. I can't even feel like I personally relate to it. I, you know, I just love the way that it goes slow and then it's so quick and it's like poetic and figurative. And then obviously her voice at the end is the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my oh, life. God, I was going to say the, the, at a macro level, like the way she uses the metaphor of all these different things that turn into shades of red to like bring you to maroon, obviously. Um, and then obviously the, the bridge, like, that's a real fucking, fucking legacy. legacy. Like, I don't know why. Cause like my mom says it, like when she listens to the album, she's like, sometimes I feel like the cursing is unnecessary. <laughs> and I was like, when? And I'm like, like in maroon. And she's like, I can't remember. And then I told her about it and she was like, maybe in maroon. But she was like, I kind of like it in that one. And I was like, you better. Yeah. And then I was like, and what about, and like, she even likes it in snow on the beach. She's oh. like, yeah, cause it is weird, but fucking beautiful. And I was like, well, that's the one I thought you wouldn't like. Yeah. It. So I'm very confused by your, your interpretations here, but, um, I love it in maroon. Like, I think it's perfect. It kind of shows like it fits this the vibe. gradual type of song or like, the, like you said, kind of like a, a slower build in a way, but not really because it still has the dramatic music right, in right. it, but like basically the bridge just builds up to like the pissed off part like or like the the like not pissed off but like letting out her true emotions about it like her true like anger or whatever in a way like it's so good and then right when the end is just it's i so don't good. know it's otherworldly it's made me feel things i didn't know i could feel it is i i don't me too like me too <laughs> i just like one <laughs> it's like i just like i don't know it's like smut for songs you know i was literally gonna say put that that thing on like a clip repeat it and i just want to like make out to it literally pg version yeah pg version um and then <laughs> but also like i almost went you couldn't get that emotion if it wasn't a breakup, but the first verse where you don't know it's a breakup because she talks about like how they're in love. I'm like, oh my God, I want to do like a music video of that for being in love. Like not the breakup part, but just like, um, yeah, just whatever that first part, the first verse before it says, and I lost laughing with one. my feet in your lap. You were my closest friend. Yeah. Yep. I've like in my head, I'm like, I'm like, I'm a director like Taylor Swift. I'm like, I just envision it the way that we en envisioned our well and i was gonna say, and remember that's like when we first listened to it you were first thinking like it was like a love song and yep. then after the second verse we were like no it's a like, breakup. It's breakup yeah yeah i would love a spin off of that song of it of them ending up together so taylor if you're listening because you know i know you listen honestly taylor swift loves her fans so much she should start doing interviews on the podcast of her actual fans she should or just like to... at least like answer some like prompts like yeah. i'll we'll make a TikTok video with our questions and just respond yeah just respond it's not like what's the harm in responding i was gonna say because you know if 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 we were like oh what's a song that you thought was gonna go nuts but never did 
you know whatever she said would immediately jump to like one on the charts yep. people would be like, what oh my god and then have to listen you right girl yeah, think about it I know, I know you listen so think about it oh all right you're right we should do a tiktok like taylor swift if you're taylor swift please watch um and then ask all of our questions yes um okay should we talk about what number one is yes what okay, i could have so, so number one um so number two maroon got 43.5 percent of votes number one got 46.4 percent of votes so again one two and three were pretty close um anyway what's your guess what have could have should have correct could have should have yeah well deserved well deserved it's a great song and i also wonder um i think part of the reason that it does jump maroon and this is just me looking at it as a person that likes maroon more is probably because of the history of the song like maroon like we said we were debating who it was about even though it pretty much is about jake because of references but like or would have could have should have is so clearly about John Mayer and I feel like for all of the Swifties that have been here since the beginning John Mayer is in speak now and he is not in anything again until now and I feel like like we said before it's truly from the perspective of a 32 year old remembering this relationship when she was 19 and he was 32 and thinking holy fuck this was fucked up because then when you even compare it to dear john she hints at it in dear john like don't you think 19 was too young right to be messed with but she doesn't have the anger about it it's still sad and like the story of us is still sad about him it's not necessarily you were a creep right like it's it's not that and i think a lot of people me included now like when you hear and like i didn't even think about that back then no never i didn't even think about the fact that he was 14 years older than her or whatever it was and that she was still a teenager and he was in his 30s that's disgusting now when i think about it and like i feel like maybe a lot of us were the same way and now since so many of us are also older at the age where like okay i'm almost 30. can i imagine dating a 19 year old god no like that would creep me out to the it would be so disgusting that like i feel like we all are sharing her disgust and she perfectly puts it into a song that we can all be like yeah no fucked and i agree with you but i also think it's so popular also for the reason that i mean i personally like maroon better but i think would have could have should have is more well written i think it's the most well written song on the album with the metaphor to religion and how she she lost her faith because of what he did to her and not only that it's just um it's so emotional so like maroon i love because it's sexy and emotional and angry and all this stuff and it's fun to listen to but what it could have should have is too on top of just being so beautifully written and actually Mm -hmm. insider i don't know what they do but they ranked it the top song of 2022 not of taylor Swift's song yeah every song of 20 i mean it it does like it has a way more obviously raw emotion than any of them do and you can also like with the with the losing your faith and religion aspect of it like for people that have grown with her 
you can like when you think about that time you can feel you can see it like you know yeah. like i feel like there was such a shift from speak now to red even though oh, maybe yeah. like that it just seems like oh my god yeah she, she lost was her innocence. kind of forced to grow up yep. from this situation and now we've seen well, you know everything she's switched up since but like it did feel like and and red is obviously where it, it was felt the most that like she wasn't she was older like she yeah. was not a little girl singing about fake relationships or would-be's or or wishing type right, of things right. and and then when she brings it back in this song and puts it that way or like give me back my girlhood it was mine first and it's like yeah holy shit speak now did did still feel a little innocent and adolescent yeah. but right. red is gone it's it's not there anymore right so it's just so crazy because i don't again i don't think people felt it in the moment but when you when you hear would have could have should have and like you said it's a perfect like it's perfectly written it's it's a great song it has the build it has the bridge like it's awesome and when you think about it hearing it you think about what she was like between speak now to red and it's like oh my god yeah this poor thing like really did grow up like and would she have gotten involved with fucking jake gyllenhaal if she didn't have the experience first with no. an older person like to her jake gyllenhaal being 28 was probably like no fucking problem he's yep. five years younger than the first dude he i don't know tainted her view on the entire world so yeah. he and ripped away her innocence not necessarily her virginity or anything like that but like her right. innocence and her perspective on the world, the way that she grew up and her optimism, like he yeah. took that away when it says like, give me back my girlhood. Like we all exit that way, like, and get a more realistic view of the world, but maybe not in such like a harsh way harsh, yeah. or it's more gradual to her. Like it, to me, it seems like, no, he literally like cut her arm off. Like uh, exactly. it wasn't just, it, yeah, it was just very much you are done you i am exposing you to evil i'm exposing you to manipulation all at once because she was she right didn't and have like that. right and i feel like for most other people it it might it doesn't happen that way with like a romantic relationship or something like right like most people that begin to lose their innocence or like that that figment of their innocence it's like you go to college and you you go to college you don't, you're not with your parents anymore you're not in your or bubble. maybe something goes down like like in my neighborhood there was an affair and it was like right. whoa this is like fucked up and like obviously nothing related to my parent like like obviously when i think like that's not necessarily when i lost my innocence or girlhood right. but like that definitely was a very grown-up situation that i was like oh i'm in this like i'm kind of a part of this right so i feel like for most people though it's not you experiencing it or maybe it's just like not to the level of like a romantic entanglement it's, it's not like one person's fault and one person doing it to you it's circumstances that you see that you're like oh right the world is over all... time right exactly so we got cut off just in case there's an awkward transition um mm -hmm. but i think what we had just said was basically it's like would have could have should have um is so heartbreaking because he took away her innocence the way that you gradually do right that's kind of mm -hmm. what we were saying and yeah. i remember having a conversation with my friends back in 2016 we were in iceland on this road trip 
And um, we all asked like, what's one thing that made you realize the world wasn't the way that you thought it was? And you kind of had mentioned mm -hmm. like, oh, for me, it was this thing that happened in my neighborhood. And right. I'm like, yeah, we all kind of have a moment when we're like, oh wait, like, and what was that? Like, I used to mm -hmm. think that everything would be lined up for me. Like I go to school, I go to high school, I graduate high school, I graduate college, I get a job, I get a job, then I get a boyfriend and I get engaged, I have a family and I do this and, right. I, do this and I do that. But really there is no talent. It, it hit me after I graduated college. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get a job. Like, wait, yeah, no, it's not just going to be handed. Things aren't just going to be handed to you the way that like high school is handed to you or you just show up every day and like you're automatically enrolled in like college. As long as you do well, like you're going to get into a college or like whatever, like, oh, wait, you may not get a job. You may not do this. You may not get a husband. You may not have kids. You, you know, the world isn't right. just picture perfect. And then my one friend was like, I didn't realize that people are actually mean like that like I'm nice to every, it was my friend, Jenny. She's like, you're like nice to everybody. And she said a specific instance. I don't remember what it was, nor would I share it here. But like, she was like, I didn't realize how evil people really could be to each other. Like I didn't, people, I thought that yeah. was, I thought that's just what was in the movies. And there was something right. happened to her where she was like, oh, wait, what? People aren't like how I am. And so we all have that for me when right. I lost my innocence of the world or my my rose colored glasses of the world was when I graduated in college and realized like, I gotta put the work in for myself. Nobody's gonna do it for me. And it's heartbreaking for Taylor Swift because hers was literally ripped away from her. She didn't get to come to any realization on her own. She got it forced on her by a singular person as opposed to like seeing kind of just how the world works, if that makes any sense no it does and when you think about it too like it makes sense that a lot of people have that realization in college or after college because like you your life is planned out for you until right. then right. like you're you're going to school you're going to high school and then for most or i don't know most people i can't even say that these days but like then it's all right, after high school, you go to college. And then for me, it was similar to you. I was like, well, my parents met in college. So in college, I will meet my future husband and then we will go on in our life right. together. And that's it. So I feel like, especially for Taylor too, like her life took such a different turn at such a young age as well that like, I mean, I can tell you right now, if my parents found, like, found out a 32-year-old was chatting me up when I was 19, they'd be like, are you kidding me? No, like you are in college. You're, you're not doing this. Like, right. I think they'd be freaked out if I was like, I'm dating a senior. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but I think she was in such a different environment and like, I'm sure her parents had things to say about it, but like she was on such a different track that like, she seemed older to be fair. Like she seemed like an older than she was because right. she wasn't going the, oh, I'm still, I've just graduated high school kind of route. Right. And I think people didn't pay attention to how off that entire situation was because she wasn't a typical 19 year old. Right. But in reality, she was a typical 19 year old. Yeah. She just was she not wrote. like going through the standard protocol for a 19 year old, but she was the same like, being that a 19 year old typically is very naive in the world and malleable to things that happen right. around her and she just got 
stuck with the wrong one. She danced with the devil. She literally danced with the devil. Like she probably thought before then like, oh, if boys are mean, it's because they like another girl and break up with you for another girl. Not like literally they manipulate you and make you question yourself and question everything you're doing and question your worth. And like like, he did that. Good. Right. And I was going to say like, when you think about it, he has a reputation for doing that. Like he was doing that to people that were older than her. Yeah. He was doing that to plenty of, or, or treating plenty of women badly that like, imagine the effect that that has on a younger girl not a 27 year old woman that he's dating or whatever like um (laughs) like i i don't know it just seems like every me included just forget that like she was a teenager and he was in his 30s and like he was he had the reputation of being kind of a bad boy with women and like it wasn't all teens so imagine what that does to a teenager not a mid-20s 30 year old woman right it's and so i think that that level of heartbreak is just it's just so palpable in her in what have could have should have like not even heartbreak just Mm -hmm. loss actually more than heartbreak no and i think yeah and i was gonna say i think the the stark difference between dear john and would have could have should have because obviously these are the two related in this one is the anger in would have could have should have obviously because she is grown up now and can look back on that being like wow that was not an okay situation i can't believe that's what what my life was and that and she can trace it back like you said to the clear point of that is where everything changed in my mindset and my ideological view of the world like going forward yeah and i think she finally wrote the song to reflect that verse like dear john was just like like i should have known this was a pivotal yeah Yeah. this was a pivotal moment in my life that like literally you can't undo this you can't undo it i still think things because of what you did to me my world has changed and if it weren't for you life would have been different and like yes she would have it led her to joe in a sense and like your heartbreak and all yeah and like things but like she probably she like had an eating disorder that could have been uh partially a result of things that maybe like the just the mindset maybe she's saying like all her negative mindset and her questioning herself yeah. like i don't know it, it, it's heartbreaking because in, in one end it's like every bad thing turns into all the good that you have if it wasn't for this this loss you wouldn't be as happy as you are now but in the same sense it's like no but there are some things that if he didn't do that to me and he was just a normal person that broke up with me I still would have been led down this path, but with a more optimistic view on life and like not felt like right. and like in, in the great war, she says, and a lot of things she's like, um, you told me I had to, it's something along the lines in, in the great war. I forget the exact line, but she's saying like, oh, you said I had to trust more freely. Like that tells me that because of whatever John Mayer did to her, she j- did to her as well as other things she doesn't trust people and like that's sad and like i get why she doesn't but she almost lost joe because of her lack of trust in new people basically because she's like are you going to manipulate me and hurt me and scar me the way that whatever happened in these past relationships so i don't know yeah and i think and that's also like 
it's so fucked to think about even like further than just the relationship thing. Cause like, I feel like she learned from John and Jake to be more guarded with her heart in love and relationships. Like, I think she was obviously very, very much more not surface level, but like, I don't, Harry Styles does not seem to have had an effect on her the way those two did. Calvin Harris did not have an effect on her the way those two did. And those are pretty much the last two we really heard about Tom Hiddleston, but like, was Taylor Lautner in between? Or was he before John Mayer? I don't remember. He was on Speaking Out, so speak whatever. Now. Yeah. Um, someone mentioned in an email that we always forget Taylor Lautner, so which is why I thought I know. of it. Or maybe in a TikTok comment or something. I don't know. But um, I feel like she learned from those two to be guarded with her heart and relationships, especially with the way the media was portraying her only singing about relationships. But then I feel like she was still a pretty optimistic person in terms of her music and like her career. And then I feel like Scott and Scooter took and Kanye and Kim maybe took that away where like Mm -hmm. she wasn't trusting with relationships, but she was still like, like, you know, trusting in other aspects of her life. Right. And I feel like that, made her completely shut the world out and be like, I don't trust a single thing anybody tells me ever, which leads to the great war and how like she had to like battle that away to be with Joe. But like, it's just so sad to think about. Like it is. I don't know. Like it sucks. Yeah. There, there are so many, every aspect of her life was like, I'm an open person. I'm a trust like, or, or just whatever it was, it was like shattered. Yeah. And I feel like that's brings us kind of back to karma where it's like, she stayed a good person through all of this. So now she can look back on all these kind of fucked up things she might've gone through and be like, well, it ended up. Okay. I'm okay. Right. Like I'm okay. This like, or like you're on your own kid too. Like everything became good again in my life. Like, career is back like my fans are not turning on me i'm in a good relationship like because she never like at her core altered her herself but obviously the trajectory she was on kind of got fucked by the groomer that is john mayer yeah he needs to be stopped did you see that he's on i didn't watch but i kind of want to i don't know if it came out yet he did an interview with caller daddy with alex cooper you know, I, I saw that he was on it, but a lot of people were saying that, like, she never goes into, like, hard-hitting questions. Mm, she's a so, not a great inter- – honestly, she – No, because she I don't know why she's so famous. She's not a great interviewer because I watched the well, Haley Bieber because one. Of, well, did you listen to Call Her Daddy before she was on her own? Yeah, I did. Did you? I didn't really, but I knew the concept, and it was just basically about, like – sex fucking and sex and all that whatever and i feel like she had to pivot once the all that shit happened with her and her co-host that like Mm -hmm. now it's like supposed to be more introspective or like deep but she doesn't ask the questions like the Haley baldwin like you said interview wasn't really great either no it wasn't i was like this is like there's not like it's not really like she won't ask a guest a question that they don't think they want to hear right or if you think things are off limits then you be creative and ask other things that you think people would want to know, not just like surface level. Like what's your favorite meal to cook with Justin? Like nobody cares. 
Right. But um, anyway, I, I am curious to hear. Right. I don't know if it's out or yeah. not. I But by the way, I didn't really, I never listened to it religiously. I only listened to it after all the drama happened. Yet. After they broke up already and she had her own podcast, I was like, oh, I want to hear what they yeah. used to be like. Why is this so dramatic? So I listened to it and that's why. But anyway, I digress. Yep. Yeah, no, I, um, it's actually kind of funny because apparently Connor is a big John Mayer fan. He was like, he's probably an artist that I found consistently like enjoying his music. So at one, at one point we were talking about what to do our first dance to. And I was like, should we do half of my heart by John Mayer? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That would be, it's not going to be it, but I I was really giggling in my head when I thought of that. I was like, I wish he was in more of it that, that it would be like obvious. That's so funny. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. Oh, so Uh, back to what it could have should have. Uh, the one I'll, I'll say this and then I guess we can move on to the bottom four. But, um, one person wrote, funny enough what if could have should have is not an underrated song but it's also probably not the fans most favorite song in the album however in my mind this song is up there with all 2l one of the best songs sailors ever written so to that i would say it actually did get first place so people the the fans do appreciate this song yeah all right let's move in to the bottom four but really five because there's a tie for this two songs Starting with, I guess, so just so you know, it's number four, number three, number two has two songs because they're tied, and then number one. So starting with number four, there's 27.8% of people voted for this as one of their least favorite songs. What do you think it is? This is hard because, like, I have a few that I think would be down here, but only, like, three. So I'm not sure what would slide into the fourth and fifth spot. Um, Let me go high in Fidelity. No, not there. But that's one of the ones. No, but I picked that. Uh, I think I only picked for me. I don't know if I picked all four. I definitely chose Labyrinth, High in Fidelity. And then I was like, probably I picked Dear Dear Reader, but it's growing on me a little bit. And then I probably picked bigger than the whole sky but i maybe left it off because i was like it's not that i don't like that song it's just like i can't listen i don't want to listen to it yeah i think i picked high infidelity bigger than the whole sky i think i put a question down there and then i think i put it might have been dear reader okay but yeah so it might have been i can't remember right now right um but so, it wasn't down there at all, huh? High infidelity. High infidelity, nope. Which makes sense because I think like it's a fine song for me. I just can't relate to it and I don't really want to even if it's a metaphor for not cheating but something else like which I've seen people say it's just there's nothing about it for me that I need to read. I mean, listen to, sorry. No, I'm I'm with you. It doesn't grab. I just don't necessarily relate to the message and that's kind of it like I there's nothing really else that it would that would grab me as a top for that one so that's kind of why it sticks at the bottom for me but I get that people that maybe have been in like have cheated on others that maybe regret it or like whatever it is like or left somebody for somebody else um and didn't necessarily cheat but just like fell for someone I get it but but like to be so but wait what i will say though for i high infidelity um 
it got it's kind of just in the middle for the the least favorite songs it's not very much in the top it's just a middle okay ground. um even for like top song it's in the middle anyway <clears throat> what got what actually got number four i well i'll explain after but number four least favorite song is vigilante shit with 27.8 percent wow. votes so what i'll say about wow. this personally is this started out as one of our both of ours i think top songs just because of the shock value but right. it, every week it has dropped for me just because mm -hmm. i think it's a fun song a cool song but it's not like a song song i don't know how else to explain it like it's not like a song song it's like it's just like different but it's not like i don't know it's just not it's something that i skip no i'm with 50 you percent uh, of the time Honestly, the reason that it stayed, yeah, he's adorable. Um, the reason that vigilante shit didn't go into the bottom four for mainly because of how high I was on it when it first came out. Right. So I was just like, oh, like I can't like that song can't be in the bottom bottom now. Right. It's definitely in the bottom half of the song now. But um but I didn't put it in the bottom four. But I understand it because I know some people weren't into it from the start. So right. Yeah, I agree. Cause I, I mean, I still do love the bridge, like ladies love, na, na, na. very cool, but it isn't, it's not like a song. Like she's just kind of talking through it. So yeah. I get it, but it, I still do like it, but I understand why it's there. I don't yeah. have, I'm not mad for it being there. Right. Okay. Would you like to guess number three slash, I guess number four, it, it got third place. Cause remember second is tied. So I don't really know how to speak that, but it jumps from vigilante shit got 27.8 number three 36.8 percent people said that this was in their bottom four hmm. hint including me i also put this in my bottom was it dear reader no labyrinth yes okay this was this is actually Ooh, my bottom bottom yeah i know i oh, think okay. this is actually my least favorite on the entire album including the 3 a.m <gasps> tracks I know uh, people got mad at me for it when Ooh. I posted my rankings and like I was going to be like, no, I still like it. Um, and I think I did a little bit, but I'm like, no, I'm going to hold true to how I feel. And I think I said this on our original podcast, like two days after the album came out. I just really do not like overproduced vocals. I don't mean the music. I don't care yeah. if the music is electric or it's actually I still prefer acoustic if we're talking about music, but I don't like that her voice isn't raw. Yeah. I don't like, I just do not like it. On top of which, on top of which, I feel I understand like, that. I feel similarly to how I feel about vigilante shit. In that, I I don't want to say this because I don't want to be offensive because I know people love the song, but I feel like it's not like a song song. Like, it doesn't have that many lyrics to it. And, but I don't, I truly, I don't hate it. Like, I... I can't say I understand if people say that this is their favorite song because I'm like, it's very repetitive. Like, I get the one lyric, like, oh, no, falling in love. Uh, oh, Like, I like that, too. And I think it's sweet, but that's kind of like all there really is to it. It reminds me of how I used to feel about Out of the Woods. I used to despise that song because I'm like, all it says is Out of the Woods a billion times over and over again. But then I'm like, actually, it's really great because the bridge is awesome. But to me... Yeah. There is no great bridge in Labyrinth either. That's just, that's how I feel. 
And I'm sorry because I know people really got mad at me for that. Yeah. No, I mean, I understand that. I don't think people... I think Labyrinth is one of those ones where, like, I don't necessarily know a ton of people where Labyrinth is their top song or even their top three. Like, I feel like Labyrinth may be in the realm of, I like, almost defending it because you don't like that so many people put it mm-hmm. at the bottom. Because, like, for me... I know I like Labyrinth more than you. Right, right. And it, and like, I felt like, oh, I don't, I'm not going to put Labyrinth at the bottom because I feel like too many people are going to. And it's just not at the bottom for me. Even though if I like really think about it, it could be. But I hadn't, I had more songs that I could put over it. So it, like, it, it actually wasn't. But like, I I don't know many people that are like Labyrinth is my favorite song in the entire world. Right. I think more people are just like, how could it be last? But yeah, that makes in these sense. instances, something has to be last. So I I mean I don't know. Yeah, and you know, I really so, so you know how some people like love Taylor Swift and then love Phoebe Bridgers because they have yeah. some similar sounds and like lyrically. Um, not that I dislike Phoebe Bridgers because I'm like getting into her stuff since we're going to be seeing her but I am not the person that loves Taylor Swift because she sounds like Phoebe Bridgers or vice versa I have to force myself to get into Phoebe Bridgers Mm -hmm. because I think songs like Labyrinth like my least favorite songs in Taylor Swift's discography are what sounds like Phoebe Bridgers and my example would be Labyrinth does that make sense yeah no I I understand it being at the bottom I think it's just that I I don't have, I guess, maybe as much problem with the vocals because, like, it's similar to this love, right? Like, you didn't like this love. Yeah, no. And then eventually you liked it. Yeah, it's still... Like, it was one of those, like, okay, I got over the production of that song. And I think for me it was like, oh, I've I've always, like, liked the song. It's much, like, you know, like, it's much higher for me now. But, like, Labyrinth, I think, is that, like, I I like it. I like it. I don't, it's not a top. It's in the bottom half, but I like it. Right. And that's fair. And, and, and my, also my one discrepancy or difference, I guess, with uh, this love is this love, same thing to this day. I still skip it. Cause I just, I don't know. I just want to hear her voice more. I think though, if this love was acoustic, I would be in love with the song. Um, however, if I think labyrinth was acoustic, I still wouldn't really like that much. Cause there's just not enough to the song. In my opinion, I think I would like it yeah, more. No, I hear that. I would like it more if it was acoustic, but not enough because I'm like, oh, there's just not a, there's just not enough to it. So guys that voted this as their bottom, I'm with you. I understand why it's there. Um, I did, but I do, I will say for the people that love it, I do get that it, it's fun and it's like delicate and like, oh no, I'm falling in love. Uh oh. I also just love the line, like everybody expects me to just bounce back just like that. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, like, yeah, they do expect you to just be fine with everything. Even though, you know. Like, if all the repetition was taken out of the lyrics, I think this would be a great short poem. Mm-hmm. For sure. But that's, that's. For sure. And nobody wrote in about it, so nobody was, like, trying to stick up for it in the comments. Well, that's why I think it's it's probably middle of the road for most people. It's just that 
those people that have it in the middle of the road that see it in the bottom are just like, what are you doing? You know? Right, right, right. Yeah, it's either middle of the road or bottom, which is why it got shoved into the bottom here for number three. Mm -hmm. Okay, so number two is tied. So two songs tied for 39.2%, both of which I'm like kind of shocked. Really? Yes. One ang one I understand more. One I'm a little bit like you guys. I'm gonna are go if you're kind of shocked. Shocked slash like not couldn't be me. I'm gonna go question and Paris. Both incredibly wrong. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go. Um people love I don't Paris. No. Oh, good. Because I feel like for some reason I saw people being like, eh, it's okay. Um, oh, Glitch. Glitch. Glitch is one of them. I love Glitch. Yeah, actually, I might. I might have put Glitch in the bottom now that I think about it. Um, gl <laughs> glitch and I don't even know. I'm going to keep guessing Dear Reader. No. Or Bigger Than the Whole Sky? No. Nah. What is it? Snow on the Beach and Glitch. Are the le number two least favorites? Isn't that crazy? Snow on the beach is shocking. So, so I was, I I think I was mm, equally shocked in different ways because I know a lot of people were pissed about Snow on the Beach because of Lana Del Rey, but I really thought that people had the effect that we had. That at first we listened to the it shift, and we were like, yeah, and then we were like, actually, I like it. Once you get past like Lana Del Rey, should have been in more of it. Yep. It's still more of a middle of the road for me because there's not a giant build and the voice production, as you know, always gets me. And I'm like, eh. But I still, it's a beautiful song because it's the lyrics. It's, I love it. I love the lyrics. Yeah. Glitch, I personally love. I think it's sexy. I love it. And, um, but at the same time, I understand that it's different. I understand not as much as vigilante shit but in like vigilante shit isn't like a song song like glitch isn't as singy songy so i get it but i just i love it it's like we're not supposed to want to know what's funny i just thought about snow on the beach and glitch are actually similar in topic like snow on the beach it's weird but it's fucking beautiful yeah like, i didn't know we were supposed to be together and glitch is like whoa there must have been a glitch i can't believe we're together i don't know yeah, that's with true i i think glitch for me i think it's just one of those songs and and um i'm gonna say the same caveat for snow on the beach we talked about this in our last episode because it was one that grew on us so if we don't cover it as much as you hope go listen to the last episode um glitch i think i love like the re reason i love glitch is because of the like sexy sh sensual vibe to it mm -hmm. but there's nothing else i love about it and I think that's right. kind of why it like doesn't stand tall for me. It's sort of like, oh, I'm if I'm in a sexy, sensual mood, like I'm excited to hear glitch, but most of the other times I'm like, okay, like this is out of place in in what I'm listening to, sort of, I guess. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense because there's Which not... I think is it it feels like uh sometimes it feels like you know. a part a part to a song rather than a whole. Like, all right, where's the rest of it? Like, okay. This is a part yeah. of a song that's really great. Now, right. where's where's the rest no, of No, I bills? think that's what it is. But I personally do love it. It's definitely in my top right. half. But I, I don't understand it being number two. Like, 
almost number one of what people like the least. Yeah. But I do understand it not being everybody's favorite because I get that it's different, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But No, I understand that. And then Snow on the Beach, we ha I had some people write comments on, which I'd like to read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, this is a long analysis. Are you ready? Ooh, mm -hmm. I know you see me standing here. Do I look good, my dear? Do I look good today? Why are we singing Zoe 101? I don't know. <laughs> Does she say, when I said, are you ready? That just for some reason brought me into it. I don't know if they say that in the beginning of the Oh, yeah, song. she does say that at the beginning. Oh, okay, yeah, that's why. It just got me into it. Okay, so are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, all right, That's that. then that's why. All right, Regard. this is a long one, everybody. <clears throat> I don't even think I fully processed this comment. Regarding Snow on the Beach and the amount of hate it, it initially received due to the lack of Lana's vocals, my personal opinion, despite not being the biggest Lana fan, is that Taylor and Lana's vocals work perfectly together and sound perfect the way they were, and there is enough Lana. However, of course, it would have been more iconic if Lana had a verse. I actually agree with this first half so far. Yeah. I think, like, their looks totally, is... They harmonize very, very well together. Then she says, remember, this is Taylor's album and Lana did come into play with the writing. So there is Lana's impact one way or another. Mm. With this collab and the hate that it got, I saw a tweet that questioned why Lana didn't get a verse and Phoebe did and nothing new. And the answer is simple. The concept of nothing new is about the youth and the naive, how do you say naive, naivety, naivety, naivety of girls. I don't know if that's right. Yeah, I don't know, but I understand what she means. Of girls, and who better to have forward this message than Phoebe Bridgers, a young female artist who is compelled to have an audience of exactly young girls, yep. allowing the song to be a source of healing and re relatability. What are your thoughts? She left it to us. Mm. What are your thoughts? No, I mean, I totally, like, I agree with this. And I also think we we have to give a certain thought to the fact that Lana was on the song co-writing it. Yep. Because there could have been a very specific discussion about leaving her in the background versus bringing her in for a full verse. Like this might not have been like, it's similar to the way Taylor is on some songs or writes songs and doesn't say that she wrote them or, or doesn't like, you know, Right. Whatever it might be. Like, I think sometimes it might just be that the artist doesn't want to be as featured. And I do think she's right with the Phoebe Bridgers in Nothing New was perfect for the situation because, like, Taylor wrote it back when she was that age and feeling that way about her fame. And I feel like bringing someone in that is in a very similar state for their fame or or where they are in their career is right. is very fitting but maybe for snow on the beach lana was just like yeah this like no i don't really have that much personal relationship to the words of this song so you go you go for it i'll, I'll just back you up and maybe it wasn't necessarily like oh i can't believe i didn't get a verse maybe it was like this sounds better without me getting a verse with me being being right. there but not there there and because people always say like you can hear her songwriting in the song like you know she's like weird but fucking beautiful is a lana del rey thing that's not uh 
you know, Taylor Swift necessarily thing. So like she's all over the song. It might've been a very strategic decision to keep her out of the vocals. I completely agree. And I think, yeah, I think it was more of a collaboration than it was a feature. And I think, I just think that she should have changed the wording and, and now hopefully she, Taylor Swift knows like, yes. Okay. In the future, I'll tell you guys, like we wrote the song together. She features in background vocals. Right. Like that's all we need. And I wonder if that were the case, if she had done that, or if people can get past that, if yeah. snow on the beach would have been as low because it's honestly a beautiful song. It is. It's it's well, and that's initially what we said about it. We were like, I was expecting more Lana, so it kind of fell flat at first, but I know this song will grow on me. Like, I bet that if we were to ask Taylor Swift the question, like, oh, what song are, did you think more people would love? She would have been like Snow on the Beach. Like, I can't believe how many people don't like that song. Yeah, she should have just said co-written by Lana Del Rey. Yep. She That's shouldn't have said featuring because yep. yes, she's in the song, but she's not in in the song. I mean, yeah. she is, but you know what I mean? Like not like what people think featuring typically means. Yeah. And I like glitch better, but I'm more shocked that snow on the beach is so low. Like I, I, I think glitch is more deserving of being in the bottom than snow on the beaches. If that makes sense. Totally. Even though I personally like glitch way better. But, but yeah. I know that's no, more I totally of a real agree. relatability that I like much more. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for the most unliked song or the least liked song by 42.1% of people voted for this? Dear Reader. Correct. Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, we can... And we will, but let me tell you a spoiler really quick. Okay. That this also is on one of the most underrated songs. Um, so I think we should actually just kind of yeah. stick to in this this little blurb of why it is one of the most unliked rather than like why people are wrong. Cause we can save that for, you know, cause this got, this is one of the first times that this has been voted on two lists of an album yeah. that makes sense it got the most liked as well as one of the yeah underrated. so personally okay. right off the bat i think there are two reasons why um it's one of my bottoms too labyrinth i like less this song does grow on me but one voice production i just if this was an acoustic song I'm, I promise you with my whole heart stuff, if this was acoustic, this would be a middle of the road song for me, not in the bottom because mm -hmm. it has a great bridge. It really does. Uh, so I don't like yep. the voice production. And two, I think it's the last, last song of the album. We are super sleepy when we all listen to it. And it's the song topic isn't the topic is just not awesome. I'm, not that it's i think it's vulnerable whatever but it's just like i don't know i i just didn't need this these words in my life is how i feel hmm. actually maybe i disagree with that because i actually feel this way about myself sometimes like i can dish out good advice but honey i'm a mess <laughs> if i showed you the rest of my room right now you'd be concerned and i am too yeah <laughs> i was gonna say i think part of the reason I like the song so much is because of the message or like the, yeah, the message of it. 
I think that's the reason it. I don't love that it gets unlike or it's the most unliked and that's part of like and and i think part of the reason i can't grasp it is because like yeah i understand it was the last song on the album it's not i mean well mastermind is really the last song on the album but like it's not a like an uplifting type of song it's a little bit monotone beside the bridge i guess like there's no real build right. but the bridge is a good one and I get the voice production thing, but I think that's also the reason that I wish people gave it a shot because like you said, if those instances weren't a thing, like if this was the seventh or eighth song on the album and maybe it was a little more, less produced, I don't think people would have the same reaction to it that they do. And right. maybe I'm completely wrong. But I think the message is one that a lot of people can relate to in a way. And like, maybe not on the grand scale of like, you know, her life. But like, I think, like you said, a lot of people can probably relate to don't come to me for advice. I'm a hot mess. Like I, if you knew what I was going through in my life, you wouldn't ask me my thoughts or right. what you should do or whatever. Like I, I don't know. I I think that's why I like the song and I wish some of the other aspects that make it less liked or that the reasons I think they might be less liked. I wish people could like move past those, I guess, because I feel like there's a lot in that song that gets overlooked because of certain things. I agree. You know what I mean? I, don't know. I do. I do. And that's why I said like, okay, so songs I think are similar to this in topic are like the archer um, or afterglow um in the sense yep. of like and i love the archer even though it might be more voice produced and i love afterglow um yep. and I, that's why i'm saying like i think that if it was just less produced people would like it more and maybe in the middle of the album but i don't know there's just something i don't know i also maybe i just don't like the fact that it's dear reader Maybe if she said, I don't know. I just don't think I also, I don't like the words, dear reader. I, there's just something that doesn't sit with me about the perspective of the song, I guess. The message of the song, I agree and I relate to, but the way that she's putting it out there, there's something that I can't, ju I just don't know. It just doesn't hit me the way that the Archer hits me. Even though the Archer is more produced, I still really like that song. So that's why I'm like, well, what's the difference between the two? I think it's just, it's creative, but I, hmm. but what I will say is it has a great bridge. And I think in my opinion, I think it deserves to be in the least favorites, but not number one. I think Labyrinth, honestly, I think a lot of us are afraid to say it because vigilante shit is the only song taylor swift wrote herself but if i'm being really honest and vulnerable i think vigilante shit might be the least favorite oh no hard disagree okay i i would put bigger than the whole sky high infidelity mm -hmm. there's question i mean obviously it's preference but like i no i, I would probably even still put i don't know 
if if I'm saying objectively, sorry, objectively, because I I just obviously bigger than the whole sky. I don't even know if I could vote for. It. I'm like this is so sad, but it's such a beautiful song, you know. But like I won't ever listen to it. Or visually, Andisha, I'm like, oh, I gotta listen to this. But I think. If I'm trying to be objective, I think vigilante shit. Dear Reader has a great bridge. Snow on the Beach, I think, is beautiful. Um, mm, Labyrinth and, and vigilante shit, I'm like, mm, those might be the worst songs. Not that they're bad, but mm. I just think, like, if I'm trying to objectively look at it, Bigger Than the Whole Sky, again, if she was acoustic with Bigger Than the Whole Sky, whew, I think it would be so much more powerful because it's it, like and not acoustic i i really mean her voice because the the background music doesn't bother me as much as the voice yeah. production bothers me um and i always forget that because like bigger than the not bigger would have could have should have is still produced but her voice isn't and i think that comes across where bigger than the whole sky dear reader labyrinth her emotion in my opinion kind of comes out of the song with the production and that's where it loses me but i do think that there a little bit of motion gets but, put back in with dear reader in the bridge yeah i was gonna say i don't i mean her her voice isn't super produced in dear reader compared right. to bigger than the whole guy or labyrinth right like dear reader when she says dear reader it is but everything else isn't as yeah you're right produced but i think maybe yeah i, I think dear reader since she's writing it from a perspective of like a third party or like you're not necessarily supposed to know who it is a nice colonist like maybe that makes people relate to it less in a way like you said you like the archer but not dear reader but like the archer is very clearly written from a perspective like i am the archer i am the prey but like in dear reader it's kind of like this mystery dear abby type of person that you never truly know right and in a sense like for her it's like i shine so bright like I, whatever guiding light and it's like yeah like i'm a major figure that people even us think we know in and out but like no there's things we don't know and I think she's kind of keeping it vague and in like a third person type of view to just like further push that aspect of like, you know nothing about me. Right. And if you did, you would not be, I would not be your hero or your role model or whatever, you know? Right. And not even in like a terrible way. I think just in, a, in the sense that like, I'm not the best or, or like even in the, the, smallest sense of like i'm not the best at giving advice like look at my relationships i've been through don't listen right. to me like i'm not even saying she's a bad person but more of the like you don't know who i am right so, right you only know what i i don't want know you if to you know take advice from me right if you knew all of me you might not take advice from me but she shines so bright i i mean i guess but yeah i, I yeah i just think but i like, get why people don't like it as much because it is kind of slow it's yeah i guess it's more yeah the sound maybe the uh, the production like sometimes i love jack antonoff and sometimes i really don't yeah that's that's what i'll say no i hear that but i think this can just like morph into the most underrated because i chose three i know we only let people yep. chose two but i chose three because number three was tied for two and one of the number three i won't make you guess is dear reader 
of most underrated. And I, as yeah. even though I chose it as one of my bottoms, I do understand, um, and I want to read, if that's okay with you, what somebody wrote about Dear Reader. Yeah. In our comments. <clears throat> sure. They said, Dear Reader is so underrated. It has one of the best bridges on the album, and it's an amazing album closer whatever that means but um i understand what they're saying i do think closer. it has a great oh closer i said closer that's one of those things like whoops um i like mastermind better as the album closer but i do understand what you're saying um and i do think it has a great bridge i don't think one of the best i think would have could have should have but i would say definitely in the top eight probably if i was ranking them then they said also although i love the vintage and 70s aesthetic uh, and visuals for Midnight's, I feel like it fits the concept, but not the sound of the album. I was expecting a more rock and indie sound and was shocked and honestly a little disappointed when I heard the album for the first time, even though I liked yeah. it right away and I'm obsessed with it now. I love how Midnight Rains and suddenly fits the concept in the lyrics. I yeah. also, I think people are being dramatic about not hearing Lana at all on Snow on the Beach. It wasn't meant to be a duet and their voices blend together beautifully, but I can still hear Lana. A karma music yep. video would be such a slay and I could see you on your own kid being used for the era's tour video. Um, so I know that kind of got off of Dear Reader, but I actually kind of agree with everything that she said. I did feel like I loved the album immediately, no, but I totally. was like slightly disappointed but I don't know why, but I was like, I don't know what I was expecting. And I was expecting definitely some of this, but some of it I was expecting more deep cuts because I thought she understood we wanted the deep yeah. cuts more. Um, but I do agree with her. Like, Dear Reader should be in the bottom, but I agree. should be the most bottom I of think, the bottoms. Um, yeah, I agree. I think we never really discussed the fact that the way she was promoting the album was nothing at all like how it sounded we never really got into that in our first um you know review of the right. album like this is not 70s and i i like obviously like she said i love the album from the start but when i do think about what i was expecting it's completely different like i was kind of expect i was truly expecting like a 70s vibe so i hear it and i'm totally with her i love the album but it's not what i thought i was gonna get it all mm -hmm. and i i agree most other things i totally am with her on i think it's all very solid like points in most of the things she talked about like snow on the beach and you're on your own kid and um yeah your reader too even right so anyway yeah so dear reader i get it being the least as well as kind of being underrated i i i see that totally um, what do you think Dear Reader was tied yeah. with for being the most underrated? 15.4% of people chose this for most underrated. Is it a song that was in either most liked or least liked? No, there, the, Dear Reader was the only double. Was the only one. Okay, yeah. I'm glad about that because I hate when people put like songs that were the most liked and most underrated. Cause I'm like, I know, who are you I kidding? Know. We all know. Um, okay, let's see. Well, I will say with a hint for this one, the song that got chosen tied for Dear Reader for Most Underrated is a song that I also put in my top. So if you have a good memory, you'll know that there's only one song that didn't make it into the top for me that I chose for the, my top four. Or no, two songs, actually. Was it Paris? Yeah. 
That got most underrated. Yeah. Tied with your reader. Paris is so underrated. It is really underrated. I'm glad it's because so that does feel like a true underrated song. Yeah, that really feels truly, truly underrated because it is a banger. I love and that song. You know something? I actually chose Lavender Haze for me as most underrated because I feel like it's the first song of the album and people just like are like, oh, it's just like a single, like blah, 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 and like skip over it. I didn't choose choose Paris. I thought everybody loved Paris, so I'm surprised it didn't get like high up in people's rankings. Like I'm I'm truly shocked. So I'm happy that people think it's underrated. I know. Because um I guess because it's just See, like a TikTok trend. I was gonna say I'm I'm not surprised. Why? Right. Like I kind of thought for some reason when I would look through things, I was like, I feel like Paris isn't getting the shine it deserves. Like I I see Bejeweled getting like the oh, it's a bop, like and I see like karma getting oh it's a bop and i'm like paris is not for me like at least from what i had seen is not getting the oh this is a bop kind of appreciation I think maybe it was because it was a you know 3 a.m track but i'm glad it ended up in most underrated because it really is such a great song and i do feel like a lot of people don't give it the flowers it deserves it's so cute and i think what's what people what takes away from it is maybe the beginning conversation before you really get into the song um which i think is so fun and i love acting out like um oh yeah i think it's fun too my ex your totally. ex friend's sister met someone at the club and he kissed her turns out there's a boy you met him blah, blah. um and i think that that's what takes people away from it but it's so cute and fun so but wait i, I want to tell you i want to see if it's truly underrated so for the top four let's see where it ranked paris 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 only 16 percent of people it is in the bottom half 16 percent of people yeah voted for it in their tops and let's see how many people voted for it in their bottom paris 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 only 10 percent 10 percent i'm gonna but... guess not many yeah, yeah I was going to say that. It's still in the lower half. Sounds so like a classic a... underrated song, right? Yeah. Like not many. Yeah. Um, and someone did mention like, can you mention how Paris is like, uh, New welcome to New York. But I don't, I don't, no. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I need I someone to clarify that yeah. because I, I don't see it. I don't... Besides saying a location in the title i'm out i'm literally out i don't get it it's not yeah i don't get it all right but anyway let's move on because paris is amazing number two most underrated 18.8 percent of votes what do you think this is hard can i tell you you want me to give you a hint it's one yeah. of your tops sweet nothing mm-hmm yeah sweet nothing. okay that's that's fair I um, think I forget that people don't like it as much as I do. Right. So I don't think like, so to me, it's like, oh, everybody fucking loves this song like I do, but I could see it being most underrated because I don't think as many people are like yeah. me. Can I tell you stuff? I loved it the first time and I, it keeps going. I skip it. I, I skip sweet nothing. And I don't know why. And I That's beg sad. myself. I know it's sad. I beg myself to love it. And I'm like, look how cute this song is. It's amazing. It's cute. It's sweet. And maybe it's because I don't relate to it as much. Like, I 
I do relate to it and that I understand like ugh, I love coming home and just being able to sit down on the couch and like literally do nothing and like I'm asked if nothing we can just exist and I don't have to put on a show I don't have to bend over backwards I can just exist and you love me and you exist and I love you and that is amazing and that is uh, amazing but I guess I just my life isn't as busy I don't Seth I think it is a beautiful song but I don't know I I don't know I literally try to force myself to like it more I wonder if you took a poll of like oh like what where does sweet nothing fall and like what is your almost relationship status because I'm curious like is sweet nothing a song that people that have been in long long relationships maybe find more like not relatable because I think everyone can relate to it but like you know, like I told you from the beginning, when they when they were talking about the stone they found in their pocket and it like unlocked a memory from years before. Right, right, right. That sucked me into the song initially because I was like, wow, that's like, you know, when I found the thing in my wallet from like our, our first few dates. And right. like maybe it doesn't have the same shine when it's like we're still in the honeymoon phase right. versus when it's like we're going on year four. Right. And, oh, wow, that made me think of when we were in that bubble. And, like, maybe that's, like, I'd love to see our married people putting sweet nothing in their top. Right. And our single, maybe single people putting sweet nothing in their bottom. Because, or, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm curious. I know what you mean, it, yeah. For me, it feels like that song is about, and maybe it's just because that's how I relate to it. But, like, it feels like it's about we are in the, we've been in this ride for a while and like there are still these small simple little things that remind me of the beginning and how you know like different it felt not in a bad way or like not right. that how it is now is a bad thing but like it just like I wonder if that's why I or maybe people right. find this song so cute like I don't I don't know no I uh, I agree with you and I disagree with you I agree with you in the sense that you're right um I'm not I don't think I'm in the honeymoon phase anymore per se yeah but I'm, right I'm definitely coming right out of it right like at the year mark or whatever but mm -hmm. I think for me now like as you were talking I was thinking about it too and I'm like I think maybe it's I think the lyrics are beautiful but I and I love the song but what personally I think is lacking, which is maybe where I disagree with your hypothesis, is that I think that it's just one of those songs that it's like like glitch. It doesn't have a full like build up bridge and this. It's a beautiful song. It's short and sweet, but I can't mm -hmm. put it as my favorite because it doesn't have the same build that the other songs have for me. And I for Taylor, me being a Taylor Swift fan. I'm waiting for the build. I'm waiting for that stunning bridge. And it's a beautiful, sweet, simple song. And I'm not knocking it. I don't think it's a bad song. I freaking, like I told you, I try to force mm -hmm. myself to like it and to not skip it. But there's not like, when I start the song, there's not a part that I'm like excited to hear. The whole song is on the same, like, this is just cute. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, no, I understand that. And I think it's it's one of the interesting songs for me where like the bridge is like my least favorite part. Yeah, the industry disruptors and a soul deep. That's where I agree. It's Yeah, and like I love the end of it. Unrelatable. Like, to you I can Right. And I was gonna say, like, I love the end of it where it's like to you I can admit that I'm just too soft for all of it. Like I do love that aspect of it because it's like you're the only one that knows me. Like you're the only one that knows that this is what hurts me or this is what I feel, even if I'm putting on a brave face. Right. But the first part of the bridge, I don't necessarily like love. So I, I do get that, that there's no build because the bridge doesn't grab me the way some of the songs right. that I don't typically like grab me. But I think I love the, I mean, I just think I, I think maybe it's just that like, it's supposed to be a simple, sweet song and that's what she did. And like, I think maybe some people just don't want that they right. don't want the lullaby type song i right. guess no i want it don't get me wrong i want it i love it it's just not a top for me because it doesn't build the same way or or what i think is interesting um she actually said this in our interview too i'll say it in a minute but my favorite part of the song is probably the beginning to the first chorus and then i'm like i could skip it after this like i love like the pebble in my pocket yeah. we almost forgot it my favorite part so i'm like oh i don't really want to listen to the rest because i don't care about the bridge um yeah so she like she like in this this song they like drew their cards too early you know what i mean like they showed yeah. their best hand too soon um and what's funny is taylor swift actually commented on what's his name M martin mcdonough's stuff and he she said i love that you showed your biggest most explosive scene in the beginning um i wanted to do that with the all too well short film i wanted to show the most emotional scenes in the beginning i want to lay it all on the table so i'm like oh hmm. maybe it's something she likes to, i mean obviously not like her bridges in terms of songwriting but i think right to me in a different way the best part of the song is the beginning of the song when she talks about the pebble in the pocket oh, yeah and we almost forgot it and i love hearing that part and then i'm like okay i can move on now and then i skip right it. yeah but I agree. I think I underrate it too. I think it's the most adorable, sweet song, but sometimes it's just too same level for me. I need a song that builds more, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I do love it. And I, I don't want anybody to think that I don't. I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm just trying to justify it. All right. No, but I mean, it's not in the bottom. I think it's, no. I think no, it no, makes no. sense being underrated because I think there are people that are obsessed with it and then there's people that find it middle of the road, which makes it a good underrated song. Right. But uh, Okay, what do you think the most underrated song is? So 21% of people think this is the most underrated song on Midnight's. Like what's left that I would consider <sighs> underrated? I We did talk about the song already. Antihir? No. No. Great War. Yeah. Luke. Okay. It's the Great War, and I okay. agree. It makes sense why it's here. Yeah, I agree. If it wasn't because it wasn't in the top, I agree that it's the most underrated. Yep. Because I thought it'd be in the top. Yep. And I think it's worthy mentioning. And somebody left this because as a comment. I love it too. This is worthy mentioning. Um, and it was a comment that we got, but um, Selena Gomez actually said on a TikTok, um or instagram reel or story whatever that the great war is actually her favorite song on the album 
And I love that she said that. I love that Selena Gomez didn't say like anti-hero, whatever. Like, obviously we know Selena's listening, they're best friends, but like I was like, she's a true one. Because it is phenomenally written. It is an amazing song and it deserves more credit than it's getting. The fact that it's not in the top five, the fact that Midnight Rain got a spot over the Great War mm-hmm. is sick and sickening and disturbing. It's disturbing. I um I thought of this because I listened to our episode when Midnights came out. And by the time we were getting to the Great War, we were definitely delirious, um, like talking about all the songs. More than delirious. Right. And I said, this song makes me feel good. And I heard it again, like weeks later when I finally listened to the episode. And I was like, it still does. Like I, when this, this song comes on, I get so happy to listen to this. I love everything about it. And it just makes me feel good. I like, I just love, even though the message isn't the, well, I mean, it is a happy at the end, but like, I just love it. I love, mm. this is my favorite part. I probably said this already, but I have to say, this is my like little teeny part. Soldier down on that icy ground, looked up on that part. I love that. The way she says, soldier down on that icy ground. I love that part. Love it. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I just love the whole thing. It's so good. I, the, the production of it is amazing. The lyrics are like the message Beautiful. behind it is good. Yeah, it's just the storytelling in it is great. Like, it's just a great song. The it's Great so War is and, a great song. And I think it's relatable in the sense that, like, in two different ways. I think she's talking, like, what I think she's talking about is getting together with Joe and how, like, they had, like, a rough go. And in the middle of them trying to get together is when everybody hated her and the whole, like, Kanye West and right. blah, 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 blah. And that's what and she's talking about the war. When she was probably the least trusting of anything. Right. Right. And so I think it's about that and how they came out on the other side. And she's like, now, you know, we went through the worst of it and now we'll be together forever. But I also think it, in a way that can be more relatable, and art is what we interpret it to be obviously so we don't have to look at it the way that taylor swift looked at it if that makes sense but like i sometimes see it as like my whole life before this in terms of love or like whatever it was was the great war and like i didn't know who i could trust i didn't know who i could do this and who i could do that and then like i found the person that i wanted to find and it's like i went through all that past turmoil and heartbreak and all of this to get to where I am now. And I made it through the great war of my life. And it doesn't have to be love. It could be whatever great war you went through to reach your happiness, to reach your, mm-hmm. or even just sense of peace. Peace. In a sense. Peace, like your sweatshirt. Peace, peace, peace. So I Exactly. It. It's just- um, no, I totally agree. I think even if people don't feel the exact message, or can, can like don't relate to the exact like I mean I think plenty of people can probably relate to the the sentiment of I was burned and I'm afraid now of the next yep. one similar to like kind of the labyrinth like oh no I'm falling in love again like I don't want to do this um but way more detail in the great war but like yeah it doesn't have to be about a relationship it's more of just the like yeah, the the struggle, the battle, whatever you were battling and you came out the other end and you can appreciate what you went through because 
you're better off for it and you're happier at like at peace with what happened like in your life now and you can appreciate the war the great war it's such a good song it's top five for me it's maybe me three or four for me if i'm doing my tops but it's amazing um what i thought and personally i think lavender haze is underrated like i said um did you have what did you choose as underrated we didn't have that question when i took it oh right um, i added it after sorry we added that yeah um i would say lavender haze isn't an underrated song to me mainly because i do think the general sentiment of that song is that people like it like i don't think lavender haze would ever be in anybody's bottom half or bottom bottom mm. of the barrel type of okay. songs so i think i typically lean towards maybe like the songs that don't get well i mean it, it is underrated in a way because it doesn't get as much shine even if it's not the bottom or like you know a per person's least favorite but i don't know if right. i i think i would have probably said dear reader because i understand like i think i like labyrinth more than dear reader but i think there's more of a justification for dear reader being an objectively good song versus right. labyrinth so i think i would have probably said dear reader and then yeah i mean i agree with them i agree with sweet nothing i agree with um the great war since it right. wasn't in the top like i i think i think they make sense right i wouldn't um, have put great war as an underrated song though because i didn't, I didn't think, think it was it was yeah either because so many people like it's like instagram or TikTok viral right. blah 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 um oh but with that being said i want to say what somebody else thought was going to be underrated but didn't get any of it which was bigger than the whole sky um and i agree so i want to read this comment that bigger than the whole sky was not underrated was on the least um uh, but somebody said i understand that bigger than the whole sky is often treated in rankings like ronin and soon you'll get better but i honestly think it's hugely underrated as a general song about loss while many reference it to something like miscarriage, I honestly feel like it can be related to any kind of loss, losing a part of yourself, a time in your life, a relationship ending, losing your home. While it is very sad, I don't think it's a song we shouldn't talk about or discredit. Love you, ladies. Can't wait for the episode. We love you too, whoever you are. Um, I agree with that because I think at first glance, I'm like, no way this can be anything but mm -hmm. miscarriage. And I don't think we should take away that it could be a miscarriage. And that's, again, art is what you interpret it to be. And I think the people that are like, uh, like one of my coworkers was like, that song hit me so hard. That's what made me love the album because I went through this and she always just knows how to relate to us. And we don't know. Did she have a miscarriage? Does she know she, somebody that did? We don't know. But I do think it's fair to say it could also be a loss of her innocence because she has a reference to what have could have should have in that song. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think the, what we kind of mentioned in the original episode for midnights was that like it, it obviously can be interpreted in multiple ways. And I do think it can be about many things, but it seems risky to make it seem so clearly about a miscarriage. If, that's not what you're talking about because like right. we said, people are very sensitive about that topic but i think it's an okay thing to do like i think 
I think people that have gone through it probably love this song or maybe they can't listen to it because it's hard. Like I can't listen to soon. You'll get better or anything like that. But like, I think we can talk about it. I do. I, I agree. I don't think this is a Ronin or a soon you'll get better where we shouldn't be because it's too, too personal. Like I do think there's an element to this where she is trying to just equate general loss and maybe referencing a, like a miscarriage with that or, or whatever. I don't know what it is about this song that I can't get into. I think it's the voice production on top of the probably re- relatability of like wait on top of it being sad. Yeah, and, and right, and maybe it's because like the loss that's referenced does, like we said, kind of sound more like a miscarriage on first listen. So like when when I'm thinking about like oh what could have been should have been would would have been you to me. I fortunately don't have anything in my life where like, oh, I never got to see this person grow up. I never got to see this person. Like major losses in my life have been grandparents or like, you know, right. like it, it's never been like a friend of mine when I was young or like a little cousin of mine or right. anything like that where like, so I think that's where it falls for me because that line feels so particular that I can't relate to it. And like, I, I think you said at one point that maybe it's about um, like the, what could have been in a relationship or whatever. But like, for me, it just doesn't seem like it's that. I so know, I just I can't, I can't get that piece into my head. And it, I don't know. It, and then it, the rest just doesn't work for me, I guess. I like it, but like, yeah. it just no, somewhere I can't connect. Yeah. No, it's something I skip unless I'm like, wanted to listen to the lyrics specifically. Yeah. But the last thing I wanted to say real quick and then we'll, we can wrap up is, mm-hmm. um, and we could talk about this another time, but mastermind I thought was about Joe, but then she actually said in an interview, it's about the fans. I'm like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. No, I do. I think we mentioned that. Oh, we did. I okay, think we then. mentioned that when we talked about it in the original episode where it was like, I think she's equating like she's kind of making the reference to a relationship but it's not necessarily about that relationship it's more about her relationship with her fans because and and i think we kind of use it even in the same sense as bigger than the whole sky where it's like this or maybe a different one but like this has a deeper meaning not about what is actually being referenced in the song but we're take the song at face value seems to be about hooking joe but in reality it's about I'm only cryptic and Machiavellian because I care for the fans, essentially. Like, like right. that whole thing is more about her fans. Yeah. And I think we did kind of mention that, that it seemed oh, like it good, had two good, meanings. Good. Um, other people gave awesome comments, but we don't have time to bring them up. But um, I feel like that's that's the end of the episode, right? Should we end here? I think so. And we can always read some comments, you know, in the next episodes and stuff. Um, but I think we did good. I think we did good too. Um, I think that before you guys pick everything back up, you can definitely follow us on Instagram at drop everything now podcasts, TikTok, the Steph's 13, or you could send us an email at drop everything pot. Wait, drop everything now podcast. Drop everything now podcast at gmail.com. Correct. Um, And we will (laughs) like get to you there. Um, Wow. We love you guys. And. I don't know. And that's it. You can pick your stuff back up because we are dropping our mics. Mics. 
now.